Now let's go to the Word of God. Um, let's take a look at um, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> Over here in Acts chapter 2, we'll start from verse number 41 and all the way to verse number 46. Or maybe we'll finish it off. We'll not leave one verse over there, verse 47. So stand, please, and let's um, read this responsibly. I will read verse number 41. You respond verse number 42. And responsive reading until we reach verse number 47. And from there, we will read that last verse together. Okay? So I'll start now reading verse number 41. The Bible says, Acts chapter 2, uh, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. <coughs> and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And sold their positions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. Together, verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added unto them that the church daily such as should be saved. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. Um, for the time that you have given to us tonight. Thank you, Father, that you have placed us together into, the, into this place of worship where we can worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, work your way into our hearts tonight and help me as I deliver your word to your people. And let it be, Lord, that it is, um, um, it is the Lord Jesus Christ, it is the Holy Spirit of God that will teach these people and that, O oh God, you will uh, cover me with the blood of the Lord Jesus. And Lord, forgive us of all our sins. Do not allow, Lord, that there is um, uh, something that uh, will hinder our blessing from tonight. And I pray, O oh God, that you will just um, work uh, in the midst of us. And I pray that you will touch my mouth and my lips and touch the heart of your people. And Lord, give us um, victory in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We talk about uh, the church for many occasions now, several weeks in our, um, our topic is almost, you know, um, about the church, how the church will, um, will, ha will have victory and how are we, what's our, what's our, um, how are we going to deal with our church. And tonight we are going to see this example of the church in the book of Acts. This is the example wherein uh, we can we can see can be used as a pattern um, in our way in our walk because this is a church that is very much powerful that uh, you know they they turn the world upside down. This is the kind of people, but these people are not really um, you know extraordinary people. They are just like you and me. So in other words, um, we can have what they had. Uh, with all the ingredients of the power of the Holy Spirit and the readiness of the people to serve the Lord and the, the gladness of their heart to serve the Lord. 
and their their oneness in, in their in their view and their and, and they, they come together in one accord and everyone they do not mind about about their own things they only mind the things of God and again uh, with all of those ingredients in the church it's just you know, I, I like an explosion and Christianity spread all over the place all over uh, Jerusalem and then and then Judea and then and then it, it spreads even to the enemy lines beyond enemy lines in Samaria and then the uttermost part of the earth. And again, it starts from this small group of dedicated and selfless people. And these people, as I said, it's not uh, extraordinary people. They are just regular uh, um, people who have families of their own, people who have also, you know, um, um, things to attend to in their homes. And they are just, they are just uh, ordinary people that that the Lord used uh, in those times. And I want you to see also how the Lord maybe can use us in our times, in our in our environment, which may be a little bit different, but actually it's not. In our opinion, it's maybe different, but it's not really different. The same sin that they fought um, two thousand years ago, the same sin that we fight. Uh, today in our Christian life, the same um, you know animosity of the, un- the ungodly world that that these people experience in their times, the same you know hardship and difficulty that we face um, in our times today. Now I want you to meet this powerful first church at Jerusalem, because this is the church that perhaps uh, the fulfillment of the promise of God about you know the. Uh, the Pentecost and the empowerment of the church in 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 Acts chapter one verse number five to eight. In Acts chapter one five to eight, I'll tell you that the the church was not as many people, many Christians believe that the church started in Pentecost. No, the church, in our view, in our in our understanding of the Scripture, did not start at Pentecost. That's why we have all this all over the world that uh, Pentecostal church because they believe that the church started at Pentecost. But it is not really correct to, to point out that the, that the church started there because the Lord Jesus Christ, um, the Lord Jesus Christ was the one who started the church uh, when he was still, you know, in the flesh, when the Lord Jesus Christ did not die yet. And at Pentecost, the Lord Jesus Christ already um, ascended back to heaven. And, and again, uh, you can see that later on. Maybe I might touch that a little bit, especially in in um, in chapter two, verse number 47, 46. You can see that later on if I can touch it. But here in Acts chapter one, verse number five to eight, the Bible says in in verse number five, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And this is the group of people that 
that you know started by the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is the group of people that that um, spread the gospel, and thousands upon thousands of people got converted. And and again, this is a special occasion of the empowering of the church. The church has already been in existence, and and once this church, you know, um, the Holy Spirit was um, in empowering them at the day of Pentecost and that a lot of people got saved and in fact on that day they, they, they were added unto them about two or three thousand souls if you look at that so that you will not get confused with this um, in verse number um, verse number 47 Verse number 41. Acts chapter 2, verse number 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now we say we say it is not this is not the beginning of the church, but this is the empowering of the church. The Pentecost is the empowering of the church because the church has already been in existence. And that is why the words here is, is, is saying that the, these people that got saved at Pentecost were added because they, they were already in existence. The church started by Jesus Christ when he was still in the flesh, when he was still alive. And, and this Pentecost um, event just empowering, being, being the empowering uh, event to the church that many people um, got added to the church and in that very special occasion. And again, what gave this church the dynamic power that they had um, and they received from the Lord? Why? And again, there are a lot of ingredients to this and we can look at this uh, aspect of their lives and how the way they live their lives and how the way they look at the Word of God and how they they treat the other people and what desire that they have. There are a lot of these uh, things that surround uh, why this church is so powerful. Uh, one of that may be because the members of this church, the members modeled God's love to the world. This is the people that in their very young Christianity, you know, the Holy Spirit is so fresh in them that the Holy Spirit taught them how to love human beings, how to love the world. In in John, um, in John chapter 13, verse number 34, this is what the world, uh, you know, saw in them. This is what the world saw in them that is so attractive that, you know, these people could easily win people to Christ is because of this love. The love of these people uh, to the lost souls. In verse number 34. Verse number 34. A new commandment I give unto you. That you love one another. As I have loved you. That ye also love one another. By this shall all men know. That ye are my disciples. If you have loved one to another. There is only one characteristic that's supposed to be, you know, the that's supposed to be the the, the mark of a Christian. 
the mark of a Christian. And here, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying that this characteristic is not, you know, what Bible version that we hold. This characteristic is not that what church you go to. This characteristic of a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is not um, uh, determined by, by what food we eat or what day we worship. This characteristic is very clear in the Bible that will tell the people of the world that these people are indeed the Christians. These people are the, are the uh, you know, uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. And what characteristic is that? And it's very clear. In verse number 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you have loved one to another. Amen. The char characteristic of a real Christian that Jesus Christ, you know, um, pointed out here is that whether or not you love fellow believers, whether or not you love the souls of men, if you do not love your fellow believers, that is now outside of, you know, the circle that Jesus Christ is saying that these are the people that are really my disciples. These are the people that really love me. These are the people that I call my own. And these are the people that love one another. This is the characteristic that we need to have. I do not know if um, you do have this. I do not know. I do not know whether you love the people in the church, or you love the individuals in our church. I do not know whether you love your pastor or the deacon or the singers in our, in our congregation. I do not know whether you love every person that comes to our building, that comes to our congregation. I do not know. But I will tell you, my friend, if you do not love those people, if you do not love the people, there is no... You can be a part of the church. You can be a member of the church. But you are not a disciple of Christ. That is a very sad reality of Christendom today. People are claiming that they are Christians, but they do not know Christ. They don't have anything about Christ. But because they come to a Christian church and they attend, the, you know, uh, they, do, they join the Christian group and they use the Christian Bible and 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 they know a Christian people, they, they know Christian people, and they call themselves Christian because they are raised in a Christian home. But they do not have personal knowledge of Jesus Christ, and that is why they do not have this love. This is natural love now. This becomes the natural inclination of every individual to love the people of God because God placed this in their heart. If they are Christians, they will love. This is what Jesus Christ is saying. By this shall all men know that ye, ye are my disciples if you have love one to another. Many times in our church, we, we, we put this forward. Come to church, come to church, attend our services. Because by your presence in the church, at least, no, I don't want to come to church. It's so boring. I don't want to come to church. I'm not blessed there. Even though you are not blessed in the church, but at least people, when they see you in the church, they will be blessed by your presence. That's right. 
And that enough is, you know, a reason to come to church. Even though you are not blessed in the church, just come because people will love to see you in the church. Amen. That is how the way we treat people. We want people to be blessed. We want people to, to get encouragement. We, we want people not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. God said in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. Hebrews chapter 10 verse number 25. Notice this. But before we read that part, because we can see that there, uh, it said that not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. Now, before we, we go to that part, verse number 24 is the indication. This is the indication. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to provoke unto good works. Now, how are we going to provoke them to love? How are we going to provoke them unto doing good works? Verse number 25 is the answer. Not forsaking. You see, coming to church, coming to church, you are making people, you know, provoke the love. You are making people encouraged to, you know, to do the right thing and to, to please God and to saturate their minds about the things of God. You see, my friend, these people in the first church in Jerusalem, the first Baptist church in Jerusalem, they modeled God's love to the world. That is why this is a very attractive people. It's either they are the most hated people because those people, sinful people, they cannot really stand uh, with, a, with a zeal with these people. That's why they hated them the most. But those people who observe, open-minded, they will see the difference in these people. Why? These people are put in prison for what? Because of their faith in Jesus Christ? What's in Jesus Christ that these people are willing to suffer for Him? They cannot understand it. And people will think about it. And then when they begin to speak to these people, and they understand, oh, wow, that's it. I know now why they love Jesus Christ so much. And these people also, you know, come into church. 3,000 in one day. 3,000 souls got saved and added to the church in one day in, uh, in, in Jerusalem. These people model God's love. Not just that these people model God's love. This uh, love of these people changed their lives and empowered their witness. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number, number 8. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God's word is spread abroad. So that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you. How you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. My friend, these people that you have observed today. These people that we have read. These people that, you know, now serving God with all their heart and with, 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 with intense desire to please God. These people, once upon a time, and not very long time ago, these people were men and women who, in times past, worshippers of idols. They just got saved in that day, but the previous day to that, they worship idols, they worship anything, they, 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 had, they had all of those things that abhorred God. I mean, the things that God abhorred. But the Lord, our God, changed them. Amen. Why? 
It's because of the preaching of the of the word of God that Apostle Paul brought unto them. And these people, men and women, they believe the preaching of Apostle Paul. And again, they will they will see how they turn to God from idols. Apostle Paul is a witness of the change of their lives. Because at the first day they were worshippers of idols. Then the next day they are worshippers of God. And Apostle Paul saw both, you know, the transition. He saw the transition of this man. That's why he wrote it here in verse number 9. He said, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols. I will tell you, my friend, um, we all, me, I, I was, I was a, a Catholic uh, growing up and mostly in our families we are even well, many fa families in the Philippines are, are are mainly Catholics but I will tell you you know uh, when we heard the, the gospel we changed and the Lord changed us and the Lord has given us the reason why we need to worship him and the Lord has changed our lives but these people is the same also how you turn to God from idols these people got changed and the Lord changed them the way God changed also our lives so we have the same experience with these people. And again, um, Apostle Paul uh, was astonished of the working of God in the lives of these people. Now tonight, we are going to see um, the, the visible signs of this powerful church. What are these visible signs of this powerful church? Uh, first that you need to see, it's from verse number 41. If you go back to Acts chapter 2, and you will find from verse number 41... And verse 42, that they love the Lord. They love the Lord. I hope and pray that all of us here tonight, we all love the Lord. Because it will start from there. These people, they love the Lord. Verse number 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. He said in verse number 49, 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. In other words, they responded the message of God into their lives. They responded the message of the gospel. They re responded to God's message of love. And they evidenced that by their, by their obedience. Obedience in the water of baptism. Obedience in, uh, obedience in fellowship. Obedience in, um, uh, in um, again, um, reading the Bible maybe, or singing the hymns. They were just so obedient unto the Lord. And again, uh, their love for God is evidenced also by their steadfastness. And you see that in that same verse, in verse number 42. Notice verse number 42. And they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. My friend, these people, you know, they have struggles of their own. These people, they have commitments also of their own. These people, they have hardships to overcome. These people, they have enemies to face because of their faith. 
But these ordinary Christians, what really a blessing to them is that they are relentless in their devotions to God. Amen. They will just, you know, go against the flow. If that is the, you know, if that is the way forward, going against what the, the masses of people want, they go along and they go against it. Because they, they would rather be faithful to God and, and, and you know, um, face the difficulties in life and to have God on their side than to have the world on their side and they will go against God. They, they would not allow it. Just like you and me today. We, we strive. We have difficulties there. To You know, sometimes we go against the, 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 the masses of people and we go against that. We are, we are trying to, to please God in everything that we do. And sometimes only God can save us in our situation. But we, 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 just, we just, you know, just like these people, they are relentless in their devotion to God. And that is the word there. And they continued steadfastly. Their love for God is evidenced also by their thirst for the doctrine and fellowship. They have that intense thirst. He said again, verse number 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. My friend, we Baptists, um, we look for sound doctrine of God's word. We go to places. I, I came from Philippines. I came from Cebu. I came from a church where I, I go to church in the morning and stay there in the afternoon and then stay there for evening service and then come back whenever the church is open Wednesday. I, I live my life there. Or I, I, had, I, I studied university. Um, I, I do business management. I finished that course. And at the same time, I was working in the fire department. And you can tell how difficult it is when you have when you have a uh, um, university course full time, and I was also working in the fire department full time. And it's easy for me to excuse myself from the services of the church, but I would tell you, my friend, I would rather drop this and drop that and drop my work and drop my school than to drop the schedule of the church. But by the grace of God, I will tell you, I, I studied full time, I worked full time, and I was also like having all the schedule of the church. We can also call it full time. But by the grace of God, I have a very good grades in my university. Amen. And I have a very good relationship with my job, with my, with my work. Because I, I do not want to offend all these people because I, I will say to them, oh, I cannot do this because I, I came from church. Uh, I, I, cannot ex I cannot make excuses because I go to church. I work as hard as I can and I studied as hard as I can so that I can please the Lord. So that, you know, um, if, if ever I have uh, something to request from the people uh, that I work with, at least they, I can find favor from them. You see, and then from that church, you see my, my environment there. And then I went to Australia. I, I arrived in Australia on that winter time, July, August. We arrived. It's very cold. But what astonished me, not the coldness of the environment, but the coldness of the church. The church is as cold as winter. <laughs> We, 
We get up in the morning, prepare for church. It's a bit late. It's already, you know, we are just five minutes away from the church. I said, what time is church is that? It's already, it's already 9.45, we are still in the house. Amen. <laughs> and, then, and then, oh, 10 o'clock we start. Okay, that's fine. Uh, 10 o'clock, then we finish at 12. After that, disperse. Go home, find your own lunch, and and then no afternoon service, no no young people's program. I cannot understand it. Then Sunday evening, one hour, one hour and a half, then dispersed, go home. Then Wednesday, and then I went to another and I went to another church. The same. And worse, some churches do not have evening service. They only meet once a week, and that is Sunday morning. I said, wow. Okay, the, the Baptist doctrine is very good. I like it. Um, the fellowship is something is not there. The fellowship is the one that strengthened me in my Christian life. And now, I miss Philippines. I said, oh, I, I miss our church. One month into that, that my 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 desire to to go back to where I was in the Philippines is getting more intense. But I, I cannot go back. I have to stay there. So therefore, you know, I just keep myself busy for the work of the Lord. I drive these people I, every Sunday. The pastor the Bakero said, um, uh, these people, if only they are someone that can drive them, they can come to church and they can send their children to school. Say, I'll do that. So some, uh, um, Monday morning, I drove these people to church, I mean to, to the school, and then picked them up Sunday. So I drove uh, Monday morning and Monday evening, or afternoon evening, Tuesday morning and Tuesday uh, afternoon evening, and all the way until Friday. And then Saturday, the young people's program, they have basketball. I drove them. I finished driving them around 1 o'clock in the morning. And that is already Sunday. Wake up, you know, 7.30. And then uh, go out, pick up people from Pinrith, drive them to uh, Hoxton Park, which is 40 minutes drive. So 40 minutes going there. And drive 40 minutes coming back uh, to, to get to church, where it's just five minutes from our house. And that is every day throughout the week, I drove these people. And a lot of parents there come to our church because I, I drove their children to school. So they come to our church, and Pastor the Baquero, by the grace of God, was so happy. And he doesn't want me to leave. There is this doctrine, that's fine, but the fellowship is missing. My friend, I will tell you in our Christian life, no sound doctrine is not enough. But fellowship is essential too. Amen. We cannot drop the fellowship because of sound doctrine. We need to have that. Notice these people in Acts chapter 2 verse number 42. Acts chapter 2 verse number 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Fellowship is essential. Sound doctrine is needed. And you see, my friend, these people 
they just, you know, demonstrate their love by their thirst for the real doctrine and fellowship. These people, they demonstrate their love for God and is evidenced by their sharing of meal. <laughs> it's a Baptist thing, I'll tell you. I remember Pastor Ariel Castro came to our church and preached about this. This is a religious identifying object. Oh, I am a Catholic. And here is the crucifix. And one boy said, Oh, I am a Jew. And, and this is the seal of the Star of David. The other boy said, Oh, I am a Baptist. And here is the casserole. <laughs> That is true. Food has always been associated with the Baptist since the first Baptist in Jerusalem. <laughs> you see that? Acts chapter 2, verse number um, verse number 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread. That's not that that, that breaking of bread is not the Lord's Supper because it's different. It's just breaking of bread because if it's Lord's Supper, he, he includes the, the wine. But it's just breaking of bread. It's just their sharing of food. And in verse number 47, he, he again said that, praising God and having um, um, uh, verse number 46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. You see, as I said, that this, you know, tradition of food has always been associated with the Baptist since the first Baptist in Jerusalem. And, and, and uh, you ask me why? You ask me why, maybe? You know, before we got saved, we were into drinking. We were into gambling, and we were into rock music, and uh, karaoke, and, and these activities are seemingly if not outright sinful, not acceptable to our faith. Because this is very fleshly. But now that we are saved, food is the only thing we have. You cannot take it away from us. <laughs> now, if you are not into food, I wonder what kind of Baptist are you? <laughs> Here in our Bible is telling us that these people from the beginning their love for God is evidenced by their sharing of meal. They share their food. Our, our, our church always share food. So they love the Lord with all their hearts. I hope that you do too. I hope that you love the Lord. And, and these people, they love the Lord. That is why it's easy for these people to be used by God. Because first of all, they love the Lord. Secondly, not just that they love the Lord... They love one another. Some people, uh, they just dump the people and they just want to love the Lord. I don't think that is the purpose of God, why He saved us. And I don't think that God would agree with that. That you don't care about people because you only care about the Lord. My friend, we have the example here in Acts chapter 2 again, verse number 42, and we will read this down to the last verse, it says that, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship 
and in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their positions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved my friend first of all they continued in the apostles doctrine they love to gather to hear God's word they love to gather to uh, to, to, to have some preachers come on I will tell you now church now this year I'm so blessed looking at this a lot of preachers will come a lot of uh, preaching to be done in our church and it's not just ordinary preaching it is you know a special preaching every you know there, there are services there that we have two preachings to, to go and wow what a blessing that we have uh, these people coming to our church to preach I'll tell you that is the same feeling that we had in those times these people they love to gather and hear God's word and you know they love that some someone brought to them the word of God a preacher preached to them they love it when someone preaches the word of God do you love the preaching of the word of God because I will tell you my friend that is a you know a, a great sign that God can use you mightily if you love the preaching of the word of God and again today the churches are trying to cut that cut that and we will just you know um, um, squeeze the time because they are so busy if only that you know they don't have to come to church they will uh, maybe before they have two hours and a half uh, and, and maybe before they have three hour services but now they cut it they cut it into one hour and if you are preaching long you know they will leave you the key when you're finished just lock the building <laughs> it's so sad that even American churches are like that I think that was, I don't know if that was Pastor Datoy that preached about this, that um, he went to America and preached there, and, and the pastor is saying that, you know, preacher, you have to be concise in your preaching, um, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, or 35 minutes. If you go more than that, uh, you know, make sure that you lock the building because people will begin to get out. That is so sad because today the tendency of the church is, is to gather less but in those times they come together every day daily in the temple every single day they worship they come together and they worship God and that is amazing and, and again where are we in comparison to these people I do not know that is why no wonder these people are used by God and that even the unbelievers, the leaders of the, you know, the uh, communities, they look at these believers and say, oh, these are the people that, that turn up the world upside down. These are the people that, was, that were used by God mightily. And I hope and pray that the Lord, you know, will also find in us uh, the characteristics uh, that he found in these people. 
the apostles' doctrine. Another thing that, that they had is this fellowship. Fellowship. And this is a great reason for gathering to worship. Fellowship. Whenever we have we have gathering of people, the word of God is there. When we have our camp, I will tell you it's the word of God. The highlight of the camp is the word of God. Of course, we enjoy the games. We enjoy the, the blessing of the fellowship and the food and, and, and you know, um, the, the, uh, the activities of the groups. And we enjoy what we have, what we can get in the camp. But I will tell you, my friend, the highlight of that camp, the highlight of our gathering in that, in that occasion is the Word of God and no less. Amen. It is the Word of God. And again, Christians should love one another. We should gather together as much as we can. We have tomorrow, tomorrow we will have, you know, um, a men's meeting. And there in men's meeting, you will, you will hear a fresh preaching from one of our men. And again, these are, these are just random men. These are just people who, you know, love God, love the word of God. And I will give them a chance. I will give them a chance to, to share to us what they have found from the word of God. And that these people will study their Bible because they have to preach. And again, the Bible says, um, you know, you, um, you, you don't have, you, you don't have to, to be ashamed in that. They're rightly dividing the word of truth. You have to rightly divide, in, divide the word of truth, but you have to study. And I will give our men an opportunity to lead in that. Uh, every Monday, that is our men's opportunity um, to share and to bring the word of God, what God has spoken to them in their studies. And I would, I would love that to, to be a blessing also to many others. And again, um, in, in fellowship, in apostles' doctrine, and also in breaking of bread, sharing the communion, sharing, you know, even in their meals, in their food, and, and again, they, they will, they will um, rejoice in that, to see one another, to see the, the blessing of um, the, the visit of a, of, of a friend. And again, uh, this also speaks about um, the Lord's Supper, perhaps. And the Lord's Supper is for us to remember um, that how the Lord Jesus Christ loves us and how he died on that cross um, to, 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 um, for, for the forgiveness of all our sins. And he suffered and died and died alone. And that is to remember also the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done. Sharing communion and speaking of Christ's love at the cross, we remember how you know, uh, the, every step of the way towards the Via Dolorosa and all the way to Calvary's skull and then all the way to the last breath of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, we look at that. And again, the Lord Jesus Christ, um, he, with all his agony, with all his pain, and he suffered at that cross, I will tell you, uh, with, with the Lord Jesus Christ, that he looked past all of those agony. He looked past all of those uh, suffering. He looked past all of those to the salvation of souls. It is because of the souls. In, in, in Hebrews, if I'm not mistaken, chapter 12, verse number 2, Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, you remember that, he was in agony, but deep inside his heart is the joy. He was at that cross, 
But deep inside his heart is the joy of your salvation and mine. He suffered and died. He suffered at that cross, but deep within his mind is your name. He's thinking about Ram. He's thinking about, you know, uh, Roldan. He's thinking about land. Because he knows that that's the only way that you can be purchased by God, you know, towards him. And that the Lord can have the redemption of your soul. The Lord Jesus Christ, he looked past all those suffering. He said, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. We cannot do what, what they did to the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot do that to a barangay captain. You cannot do that to any ordinary person. That is against human rights. You cannot do that to a mayor. You cannot do that to a, to a senator or a congressman. You cannot do that to a president. They stripped the Lord Jesus Christ naked and walked in the Bea Dolorosa. You cannot do that to, you know, to a, a businessman. You cannot do that to, to a king. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the king of kings, they did it to, to him. But despite of all that, he humbled himself in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. He said in verse number, verse number 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Change your mind. Do not think too much about yourself. Think about the Lord Jesus Christ, how he humbled himself. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. He did not think himself to be king. And not just king, but king of kings. He did not think himself to be the Lord of lords. He did not even value himself. And he said, and being, he said, uh, uh, made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in passion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross you see my friend the Lord Jesus Christ it is because of his love for us and this is the kind of love that, you know, transcends into the hearts of the believers. If you are saved this evening, somehow you will have this kind of love. Somehow you will, you will be affected by this kind of love to learn the love of Christ. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, He looked past all that, that suffering and shame and pain, he looked past all that because you have a soul to be saved. You have a need of salvation. You see, this is the, the thing that these people in the past, this 2,000 years ago, these brethren, these people, these uh, believers, they, 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 they stayed 
uh, there steadfastly. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and then in prayers. Prayers. Oh, how I'm blessed with Pastor Datoy. Pastor Datoy, every single day, he will excuse himself. Brad, it's time for me to pray. Nine o'clock, he separates himself to pray. And, and, and Mom Tess is saying, he prayed a long, long time. Of course, because he mentioned all these people. He mentioned, he mentioned me, he mentioned my family, he mentioned even Brother Bong and Sister Amy and the family and the pastors. He mentioned all of that. And that is, I'll tell you, uh, not many can do. Pastor Gisalba is the same. Pastor Army Gisalba, oh, I, I love to, you know, um, if only Pastor Gisalba can come. One time we had our anniversary. It was a time of pandemic. No one can fly, no one can travel. And I think a good chance also because even people can travel, Pastor Gisalba could not still come. Because of his uh, medical condition, his doctors would not allow him to come. He asked me at one time, he said, Brother Adrian, how long is the flight? I was thinking, wow, are you considering now to come? <laughs> He's asking me how long is the flight? I said, Pastor, if it's a straight flight, uh, maybe roughly nine hours. Uh, okay. So I asked him at the time, I said, Pastor, we are going to celebrate our 12th anniversary. This coming December is our 14th. We had our 13th um, last November, but the previous one was the 12th. He was our speaker online. I asked him, Pastor, uh, would you be able to um, preach for our 12th anniversary? Oh, he said, I would love it. Brother Adrian, I, I just prayed for you today. <laughs> Every morning, Saturday, the staff in Katipunan, the, 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 the school staff, the, the, the Bible college staff, and all the workers there in Katipunan Church, they are so large church, they know me because my name is there. Pastor Gisalba is putting my name there. Pray for uh, Brother Adrian in Auckland, New Zealand. My name is there. And I'll tell you, Pastor Zalba was a great blessing. And not so many, not so many are like that. Not so many um, uh, Christians are like him. He prayed and prayed and prayed. Wow. It's a blessing to have, you know, um, someone prayed for you. But I think it's also time for us to pray for one another. Amen. It's Amen. time for us to pray and mention everyone in our church. Mention them. Mention, Lord, please bless uh, 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 brother, uh, brother Dindo. Please, Lord, bless his family. Uh, mention them. Mention them because we will take it to joy to be a part of their lives. We mention people in our prayers. I'll tell you, building love for one another. And that will be the result of our prayer. The lack of love for one another is evidenced by the lack of prayer for one another. And that is a sad situation if uh, you are in that condition. Prayer 
is actually an act of protecting, an act of representing, an act of interceding before the throne of God for others. That is our, you know, that is the only way that, you know, that is the only thing that we can do. We cannot supply the needs of everyone. We cannot. We cannot, you know, protect everyone and guard them against harm. We cannot. There's no power in us to protect these people. But I will tell you, we can have the power to protect them if we bring that to God in prayer. You can help them very, very uh, effectively when we pray for one another. That is why prayers are our expressions of love for the brethren. If we don't pray for the brethren, that is a sad thing. These people in the New Testament, um, believers, the first church in Jerusalem, they love the Lord and there's no question about it. It's our love that's questionable. But these people, they love the Lord. No questions. These people, they love one another and I think there is no question about it. And again, it's our love to one another. It's a questionable thing. But we don't have to, you know, um, to, to, to make it questionable. We have an opportunity to exercise this love that is coming from God and this will radiate from us, from, from God to us and from us to the people. We can exercise that because God wants it that way. Not just that they love the Lord, that they, lo they love one another. Finally here, they love the lost souls. It's easy for us to love God. It's harder for us to love one another. But it's even difficult for us to love the lost. That is why here this is no for, for, for the unsaved. We can understand it. But for you and I, we are saved. We should love one another because remember before we got saved, we were also like them. Right. We were also lost. It's just by the grace of God that someone came to us and shared to us the gospel. And that is now we are saved because people, you know, they really sacrifice their time to share to us the gospel. Acts chapter 2, verse number 47. Acts chapter 2, verse number 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. My friend, these people, they were constantly witnessing and they were constantly praising God. That is all the things that they do. They just <clears throat> witness and witness and witness. They just keep on witnessing and praising God. Of course, they, they, they will praise God for the opportunity to, to witness and they will praise God for, for the salvation after witnessing. And they will praise God if they will, they will be, you know, uh, they will be punished for what they are doing. They have a lot of reasons to praise God. Whatever is the result in their witnessing, they will always come out praising God. That is what happened to them. They were not going to praise God because salvation is done here, salvation is done there. Uh, they cannot praise God here because there's no salvation here. No, we, even if it is a, you know, it will seemingly, seemingly a failure, even if it is not a, a successful soul winning, they still praise God. They still give God the honor and glory 
for the opportunity and and in fact they counted that uh, you know uh, to, to a partaker of the Lord's suffering suffering these people were not on and off Christians these people they were sold out in their Christianity these people they are sold out into the ministry and these people are not backsliders either these people are first Christians in Jerusalem they love the lost souls and that is why here you can find in verse number 47 Acts chapter 2 verse number 47 <clears throat> I notice the phrase here in the last phrase and the Lord added to the church daily <clears throat> why is that? <clears throat> because every day they share the gospel every day how many people we have in Oakland? Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. 1.5 million. There's a lot. A lot of souls. And these souls, they just exist. And later on, they will die. And their souls will parade into hell. And the salvation is in our hands. But if we do just, you know, just love these people. If we just love the Lord and we love one another... We strengthen ourselves together and from our group will come out preachers. From our group will come out missionaries. From our group will come out pastors. And this group will, will just, you know, work the work of the Lord. I'll tell you, my friend, this can happen that the Lord added to the church daily. If you love the church, the Lord will add people to the church. Again, I will repeat that. If you love the church, the Lord will add people to the church. <clears throat> These people that love the church will be used by God to build His church. He will only use the people that love it. He cannot use the people that do not love the church. He cannot. He can only use them. You know, these people that love the church are the ones that God is looking at. And we are all to be involved in the outreach of our church. We all need to get involved. But again, my friend, how to get involved? Let us start by, you know, our excitement. Let us start with our desire to win souls. Lord, I have been a Christian for some time now, two years now in my Christian life, but I do not know how to win souls. Tell it to the Lord and say to the Lord, Lord, I want to be a soul winner, but Lord, I do not know how. Please, Lord, show me the way. Help me, Lord, how to be a soul winner. I know that many of you have desired this. Many of you has, has this in your heart, but the problem is you just keep it to yourself. You do not pray about it. Ask the Lord and the Lord will give you that wisdom. You have to begin to desire to win souls. Once we have the, you know, um, um, this, this souls, you know, once we have win someone uh, to the Lord, it, it, it spells a difference in our lives. You know, our, our Christian life, we owe it. We, we owe our Christian life to those who are not saved yet. If you are saved today, you owe a lot to those who are not saved. And you cannot repay the Lord in whatever way. You cannot repay. 
the only thing, the only time that you can, you can, you know, do something is your express your gratefulness to God. And by expression of your gratefulness to God is, you know, for you to go out and, and, and win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And win as many people as you can. The whole church is to be a team to reach the lost. This is not a job of one person. Soul winning is not a one-man band. Soul winning is the work of every believer. If you are saved, you are a debtor to those who are not saved. Now, if you are not saved, you have no business in soul winning. But my friend, we, we, we confess and we profess that we are saved. Therefore, by your confession and by your profession that you are saved, I will tell you tonight, you owe salvation to those who are not saved. Yeah. We have no excuse to this. We have no excuse. But all we need to do is just get excited. Get excited in the work of the Lord. There's a coming soul winning revival. Get excited. Start from there. Start from there. Ward off all those things that will hinder you. Ward off those activities that will stop you from coming. Ward them off. Get excited in the work of the Lord. And then when, when you are excited in the work of the Lord, sooner or later, God will open your eyes and you will find the place the Lord has for you in the ministry. It may, be, it, it may not be being a pastor. It may not be being a pastor's wife. It may not be just in the music. It may not be just a soul winner. There might be other aspects in the ministry that God can use you mightily. But you will begin to find it. You will begin to see it if you get excited first in the work of the Lord. Notice the word. Then they that gladly receive this word. In the service of the Lord, it is accompanied by joy and gladness. If you are not joyful, if you are not glad and, and happy in the service of the Lord, you cannot prosper here. You will be out later on. But you need to be joyful. You need to be, you know, uh, uh, joyful in the service of the Lord. Get excited. We will have our soul winning revival coming up later this week. We will make ourselves available and we will put ourselves in the front lines. We will be the one arranging perhaps the chairs. We will be the one uh, the, the helping helping the, the food um, um, aspect there. We will be the one helping whatever we can help. Get excited. And let's get, you know, excited to reach people because you do not know how to win souls? Bring them to church and take me. Take me, pastor. Can you come? I have someone that I want you to share the gospel. Yeah. In that way, at least, you know, you have done your part. Or you can bring it to the soul winning revival. We have a lot of pastors that will preach about soul winning. You see, we have no excuse in the work of the Lord. If we only allow... You know, if you really are 
are serious about it, then you can do something about it. Now, in conclusion, what did the uh, Jerusalem church have that our church now lack? What did the people in these times have that you and I now lack? I do not know what is that that is lacking. I do, I do not even know even uh, if the power of love of God now active in your life and mind. Only you can tell. Only you can answer that question. If your love for God has now waned or deteriorating, unlike before when you first got saved and you're excited and then you are you want to you are on fire for the Lord, but now the fire is now getting quenched. But the question is, what can we do to increase that love? What can we do to increase that love? I believe that you still love the Lord. Work from that aspect. You love the Lord, whatever these people. You are not this. You are you are not encouraged by your pastor. You are not encouraged by your by your church. You are not encouraged by your family. But you still love the Lord and you want to serve the Lord. Then start from there. Start from there and love the Lord and then. By all means, love the brethren. And by all means, love the lost souls. Once you begin to, you know, love these people, I'll tell you, my friend, you will begin to see how the Lord can use you and use you mightily. What did you have that you lacked? I believe it's time for us to reflect on this because I know that we all want to serve the Lord and we want to serve the Lord faithfully. This power is in prayer. <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the reminder tonight that Lord, maybe our love for you has deteriorated and I hope not, but Lord, if it does, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. But Lord, many of us still tonight has that intense love for you. Although we may not have that kind of intensity of love towards the lost, towards fellow believers, but Lord, we see it from your word that we ought to love the believers. And we ought to love the lost. Please, Lord, Ignite once again and strengthen that fire once again so that, Lord, more and more souls will get to know Christ as their Savior. And that salvation of these people, Lord, might be through us. Help us, Lord, to be the testimony. Help us to be the people that your, um, that your salvation can be proclaimed. And, Lord, Keep us, O oh God, from from those um, things that can um, discourage us from soul winning. Allow us, Lord, to see the urgency 
of the need of the people. And that, Lord, we may act and may act now because we don't have much time. Please, Lord, as this coming revival meetings in our church, help us, Lord, to be um, more serious about so winning. Help us, O oh God, to be more effective in this aspect. And only your help, O oh God, only your help uh, in our Christian life is the one, Lord, that can um, make us um, make us successful in every soul winning attempt. But please, Lord, give us that desire and help us, Lord, to fulfill that desire. And so, we become your disciples indeed. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Please, Lord, help your people. And thank you, Lord, for the desire that we, some of us have. And I pray that more and more people will begin to have that desire and will follow through and serve you faithfully. Thank you, Lord, once again for your goodness to us. We just to pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and let's take that final hymn.
spaces. Yeah. Uh, thank you once again for the part of space.